Welcome to the Hammond New Harvest Podcast. This is the It's Not Too Late series by Pastor Brian Shaver. In part one, Pastor Brian looks at John 5, 1 through 7 to show us how it's not too late to change. Do you love me? You love me enough to let me be your pastor? Can I get in your business this morning? I'm going to try to get in your business this morning. The reason I do that is when I when I study, I, I, I don't I don't just try to bring sermons just for the sake of entertaining or whatever. I look I go to the scripture and I look for food, something that ministers to me. And if it ministers to me, I, I want to share it with you. If it corrects me and challenges me, I don't want to be the only one in trouble. So I, I want to pull you in with me so that we'll be in trouble together. You can ask my sister about that later if that was the way I've always been. So it, it, not really just being in trouble today, but, but I, I want to talk to us. I want to give us some meat. And, and, and I, I want you to allow the Lord to speak to your heart today. Because it's not going to be a tickle your ears kind of sermon. But it's going to be a self-evaluating kind of sermon. Amen? Starting a new series, and, and, and the whole series will be about it not being too late, but today I'm just going to entitle it, It's Not Too Late. We're looking at John chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. You have, you've heard this story before. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was a pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches waiting for a certain movement of the water. For an angel of the Lord came from time to time and stirred up the water. And the first person to step in after the water was stirred was healed of whatever disease he had. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. Somebody say 38 years. That's a long time. When Jesus saw him and knew that he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath, so the Jewish leaders objected And they said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. I want to talk to you today. It's not too late. Look at the person next to you and say, it's not too late. It's not too late for you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. And we thank you for your kindness. We ask, Lord, that you minister to us in this place. God, I am mindful this morning of the loss of Miss Peggy last week. That's on my heart today, and I miss her. I miss seeing her here today. I pray you'll comfort us as we were her family. Comfort us in her loss today and minister this word to us. I thank you for just being here with us as we praise and worship you. 
I ask God that you'll anoint your servant to preach. If, if you don't, I'll fail. But God, I pray that you'll help me, that you'll anoint the ears of your people. Let us hear what you would say to us today. We love you. We love you. <laughs> Lord, we love you. You're so good to us. You know the depths of our heart, and you love us the same. You are amazing. <laughs> we love you for it. Give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Touch somebody and tell them you're looking awesome today. Hallelujah. Look, you don't tell someone they look awesome and then bust out laughing. <laughs> that, that, that does not work. You look good today. <laughs> God's good. Have you, you, ever, you ever heard of, of Clarence Jackson? Clar, Clarence Jackson lived in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, he was 24 years old, and he was working at a, at a cleaner's, and he was caring for his, his ailing parents. And in 1995, he, he won the Hartford Lottery, $5.8 million, which now that seems like, now you're seeing $130 million all the time, but I'd take 5.8. And so he, he wins $5.8 million. The lottery ticket, you have one year, one year to redeem the ticket. Clarence had given his ticket to his ailing father, and he had laid it on the nightstand. One year later, Clarence is going through, and he sees the lottery ticket, and he looks and realizes that he is the winner of the Hartford Lotto, $5.8 million. He realized it at a quarter till midnight on the deadline day. Now, Clarence could have gone right around the corner and verified it where he bought the ticket. Instead, this was a Friday night. He waits till Monday morning, and he goes to Lotto headquarters to claim his prize, and they told him, you are too late. Could you imagine that feeling of being too late? You, you lost it all because you were just too late. There are people who live with that feeling all the time, the feeling that it's too late. They've given up on there ever being any change in their life. It's, it's too late. They've given up on things ever getting any better because they feel like it's, it's too late. And, and I want to tell you today, with Jesus, it's not too late for you. Now, now as I say that, there are people that say, well, I, yeah, I know you're supposed to say that, but for me, no, I'm, I'm talking to you. With Jesus, it is not too late. Now, sometimes it's hard to believe that. Many of us have believed that lie for so long that, that it seems more and more true as the days go by. But, but it's not too late. Have you ever had somebody say to you, it, it, it's too late, when you, when you tried to talk to them? I, I was a hospice chaplain at the VA, and, and, and I, would, I would deal with people at the end of life and, and, and talk to them about making reparations with them and God, or them and their family, or them and themselves. And, and oftentimes, they'd say, well, I'm, I'm dying. It, it's too late now. Have you ever talked to someone who was in a poor marriage and, and said, you, God can have a God has a marriage for you that you will enjoy. God has a family life for you that, that he has designed for you. And they say, well, it, it's too late. 
You ever talk to someone who is the parent of a, of a child that's gone wayward, a troubled teen or something, or, or someone that's just gone way out, and, and, and you say, God can save your child, and they say, well, not, not, not mine, it, it, it's too late. Have you ever seen someone who's steeped in addiction, and they can't seem to break free, and when you try to tell them that there's freedom in God, they well, not for me, you see, it, it's too late. The father who comes in and plops down in the chair. And he's not speaking, well, doesn't speak to his wife, and he hears his kids in the other room, and nobody's talking to each other. And in his, in his mind, he thinks, I would love to go in there and wrap my arms around my family and say, let's pray together. Things are going to be different here. But then he hears something say, but it, it, it's too late. We listen to that lie that it's just too late. The kids are too old. The marriage is too cold. The friendship's too broken. The debt is too overwhelming. The addiction's too powerful. The reputation is too ruined. It's just too late. This is a lie that Satan will whisper into your ear. And he'll whisper it today while I'm talking to you. I'll tell you today that there's hope for you, and you will hear in your ear, not for me. It's too late for me. That, that, that ship has sailed. That, that, that's long gone. That opportunity has closed behind me. It's too late for me. He whispers it every time you want to make a change. It's too late. He whispers it every time you want to heal. Not, not you. It's too late. He whispers it when you want restoration in your life. You, you can't. It's too late. When you say, I'm going to start over, Satan will get in your ear and say, it's too late for you. The man in our text must have felt that way. It's too late for me. Nothing will ever change for me. He had been in the same situation for 38 years. He hung around the pool of Bethesda. The hope was that at a certain time, the water would be troubled by the angel, and, and the first one into the pool would be healed. Now, there's a lot of commentary, a lot of speculation about what that pool was. We don't know how many people were actually healed, but what we do know is that it was a place where hurting people gathered to get their needs met. They came looking for some kind of a change in their life. They came looking for help. They came looking for hope. They came together with others who were hurting as well. You know what I see at Bethesda? I see a picture of the church hurting people coming together, just looking for hope, hurting people coming together, looking for help, waiting for God to trouble the water, waiting for God to move, saying, maybe this day there'll be a change in my life. Verse 5 says this, one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. 38 years is a long time. Imagine, anybody here 38 years old? <laughs> wow. Okay, I got to change my message real quick. <laughs> That's awesome. Roberta's raising her hand and Gus is saying... <laughs> Imagine the change that this man went through from the first time he came to the pool to this moment. When he first came to the pool, he had hope. He was optimistic. He thought, today is my day. Today I'm going to get my healing. Today I'm going to get my victory. Today my life is about to change. But over and over he goes and there's no change. And the days turn into weeks, into months, into years, into decades no change until now it's just too late he's a fixture at the pool 
Everybody knows him. He's there every day, day after day for 38 years. He's there all the time, but he has lost his hope. He's too late. I like the movie. You have to forgive me. I'm, I'm messed up. I, I like the movie The Shawshank Redemption. The language is horrible, but I like the movie. Anybody see it? Nobody admit it? Okay. okay. I, I like the movie. It, 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 there, there's a part in the movie that, that if, if, you, if you haven't seen it, Morgan Freeman plays a guy by the name of Red, and he's in a prison called Shawshank, and, and the, the, it begins the first time you see him, he's going before the parole board, and, and, and he's got this, this speech down pat. He's got this bright smile on his face, and he's telling them everything he thinks they want to hear, and then you see them, bang, denied. He, he loses parole. And, and, and that happens over and over through the movie. And, and each time he goes before the parole board, he's a little, little more hopeless until finally he's just sitting there and, and, and just kind of saying the things that with no, he, he's lost hope. And there's a point at the table where, where Andy Dufresne, who is the, he, he's the main character in, in, in the movie, and, and he, he, tells, he, he tells Red, he says, you, you need to start playing the harmonica. He goes, well, no need to in here. He says, and, 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 and he said, why? He said, because it reminds you of something that they can't touch. It reminds you of something that they can't reach. And, and, and Morgan Freeman says, what are you talking about? He said, I'm talking about hope. And, and Red, Morgan Freeman, points his finger at him and says, let me tell you something. Hope is a dangerous thing, my friend. Hope will drive a man insane. You see, the fact of the matter is when you believe that something's going to change over and over and over again and no change comes, you become afraid to hope. And there are people that have come to church for years looking for hope and then finally they get to the point that, well, it's just the way it's always going to be. And there's that fear of believing that things will ever change and then we begin to believe the lie, it's too late for me. Verse 6, when Jesus saw him and knew that he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? Well, now, ladies and gentlemen, that seems to me, the Lord knows my heart. I'm not being offensive to Jesus, just on the surface. That seems to me like the most ridiculous question that can be asked. Could you imagine walking into a hospital and, and saying to somebody, would you, would you like to get well? That, that's an odd question. I mean, really? <laughs> He's a crippled man laying next to a pool of healing for 38 years, and the the question seems like the answer would be obvious. Would, would, would you like to get well? Uh, yeah. I, 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 I'd like to get well. I'm not, I'm not just laying here by the pool on vacation working on my tan. Yeah, I, I would like to get well. Yeah, I want things to change. It seems like a ridiculous question, but can I talk honest? Can I get in your business? You going to love me when this is over? You might get mad at me, but love me when it's over. I have discovered in 25 years of ministry that there's a lot of people who like to hang around the pool, but they don't really want to be healed. There are people who like to come to church, but they don't really want to change. They like to hear a song and a sermon, but they're not interested in doing anything different that's going to bring change to their life. Are you with me? Am I telling the truth? There are a lot of people who don't really want to be healed. They have a lifestyle by the pool, and they're comfortable by the pool. And even though they are crippled, they've become comfortable on the cot. Are you with me? Let's talk. 
but let me throw some things at you real quick. Why would somebody not want to be healed? Well, the first thing, sometimes we're just afraid of change. After 38 years, this was the only life this man knew. He was safe. There are people who are willing to settle for the status quo because change can be frightening. Change can be scary. They know that their life is crippled. They know that their life is broken, but they've become so accustomed to it that they're used to living with the sin or the dysfunction or the issues. And, and they say, this is just the way it's always going to be, and they refuse to change. Are you with me? Another reason is they won't face reality. After 38 years, he may have lost what sight of what his life could have been if he was healed. He is surrounded by sick people. He's surrounded by people who are just like him. And maybe he felt like this is just the way things are supposed to be. Maybe this is the way my life is supposed to be lived. Or maybe he thought in time it will get better. It'll just get better. It'll go away. My dad used to love the show, My 600-Pound Life. Anybody ever watch that? Holy cow. And, and, and I mean, people laying on the bed and, and can't get up. And they just keep eating and eating and eating. And, 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 they, and they talk to him, and the doctor says, what? Why, didn't you, why didn't you get help? Well, I thought it would get better. It's not going to get better. Sometimes we deny reality. I thought my finances would get better. I better. I thought my marriage would just get better. And at some points we have to face reality and say, it's going to keep getting worse till I get some help. Are you with me? Sometimes we're just embarrassed or ashamed. We don't want to admit how bad things really are. And it's easy to just say it's just too late. The problem keeps growing and we keep telling ourselves, I'm okay. But inside, it's too late. I don't want nobody to know. I I had a friend overdose, and I went and visited him in the hospital. I said, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you tell me that you were struggling with this? He said, Brian, I don't want you to know. I don't want you to know I, was, I had this issue. Sometimes we're just embarrassed to say, I need some help. Sometimes we're afraid to take steps. Let me get in your business. When we're healed, we can't lay beside the pool. Notice Jesus says, stand up, pick up, and walk. Gives him three actions. Jesus calls him to action. He wants to bring healing to us, but we can't just sit there. We can't just lay there. We have to be willing to take some steps that get us to our healing. When Jesus asked this man if he wants to be healed, his first words were, I can't. And Jesus listens as this man begins to tell him why he can't counselor and he tells his clients when they say I can't he makes them rephrase it and say change how you phrase that instead of saying I can't say I won't so if someone says I can't control my temper you have to say no no I, I won't control my I, mm, it, this thing's a little bit doesn't it I, I, I cannot get along with my spouse no you you won't get along with your spouse I, I can't get my spending under control no you you won't get your your spending under control I can't spend time in scripture or in prayer no you mean you won't spend time in scripture and prayer because when I say I won't rather than I can't it takes the excuses away from me and I have to look squarely in the mirror and say Brian there's some things that you have to change are you with me <laughs> It's uncomfortable, isn't it? Keep, keep amen in me because this is making, I'm getting nervous. I'm feeling the heat. For this man, he said, I can't, and he couldn't. 
The fact of the matter is he really couldn't get in the pool. And there are times that we have to be honest enough to say, I can't, I really need God's help. Now, sometimes that's hard to admit. Sometimes we don't want to admit that we need God's help, that we can't. Men, men hate asking for help. Ladies, do, do men hate asking? You ever have a man pull over and ask for directions? I know where I'm at. Okay, well, you're the only one. I have a slight blood pressure issue, and Debbie, Debbie was, was giving me a hard time about going to see the doctor. And she said, you've got to go to the doctor. And, and so I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, you, you have high blood pressure. And I said, he said, you know, you, I'm gonna, I want you to record your blood pressure for, for a certain amount of time, and then come back and see me, and we'll look at what we have before we just throw you on medicine. I said, awesome. So I, I, I came, came home, and, and Debbie at the door. What did the doctor say? doctor said, I have high blood pressure. And, and, and she said, did he give you a prescription? I said, no. Well, what did he say? Well, I don't know. He just said, watch my blood pressure. And her eyes began to spin and her head and face <laughs> twisted and contorted. And, and she said, what? He didn't give you medicine? And I said, look, I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to eat right and I'm going and to fix this. And then my sister got with her and ganged up on me and told me. that My sister said, that, I, I rebuked this in the name of Jesus. She said, she said, Brian, sometimes people have to have medicine to regulate their blood pressure. It made me mad. I said, I'm going to fix this. Men hate to admit when there's something that we can't fix. We hate to admit that there's some things that are beyond our control. We hate to admit that we need help. This man acknowledged, I need some help. I can't get to the pool. Jesus said, get up and walk. I don't need a pool. And after 38 years, this man finds out it's not too late for me. After 38 years of having no hope, after 38 years of going through the same cycle over and over and over, watching his hope go up and then dash, watching, watching his, his faith rise and then fall. After 38 years, he realizes that when I give it to the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not too late. Touch somebody and tell them it's not too late for you. I've been in depression a long time. It's not too late for you. My child is too far gone. No, it's not too late for you. My marriage can't be healed. It's not too late for you. God could never use me. It's not too late for you. I'll never get out of this mountain of debt. It's not too late for you. You may have to take some steps. You got to take some action. You can't just lay there and expect it to get better, but it's not too late for the Lord Jesus to step into your life and turn your life around. Somebody give him praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. The ending of this story amazes me. It's interesting. Verses 10 and 11. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. Now, these are the religious leaders. They are witnessing a miracle. This should be, they, they should be amazed and happy. They're not happy for him. After 38 years, go lay back down. You, you can't do this in the way we do this. 
This doesn't fit into our box. This doesn't fit into our religion. This doesn't fit into our, our routine. You need to go lay back down. I love his response. Jesus told me to do this. <laughs> Let's talk honest. Sometimes the ones that should be the most encouraging to you are the most discouraging. Unfortunately, let's just be real, sometimes the people in the church that should be telling you how to bring healing to your life are telling you, you need to get out, you need to just do this, you need to do that. And they discourage you from believing that things can get better for you if you just give it to the Lord Jesus Christ. You got people in the church sometimes that are skeptical or judgmental or think that you should have changed a long time ago. Or they'll tell you your change is temporary, it won't last. Or they'll tell you that, that you're not going to make it through. That's one reason why a lot of people don't want to go to the church for help. I love this man's response. Jesus told me. All I know to do is what Jesus told me to do. He told me to do this. Now let me talk to you. I hope you have people in your life that will encourage you. I hope you have people in your life that will challenge you. I hope you have people in your life, man, they may make you mad and tell you what you do not want to hear, but you know that they have your back. You know that they're rooting for you. You know they love you enough to tell you the truth. When they make you mad, they're saying, I want to see you succeed. Get up off the mat and walk. You can do this with the Lord's help. I hope you have those kind of people. I want to be a church. I want to be a pastor that, had, that loves you enough to say, get up out of that situation and walk. The Lord doesn't expect you to lay here crippled on the cot. It's time to make some changes, and you can do this with the Lord's help. I want to be that kind of person in your life. I want our church to be that kind of a church. Jesus says it's not too late. That's the thing. If you have nobody encouraging you, if you have nobody that's behind you, you have one, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ that's telling you, you can walk. I'm on your side. Listen to what he says. If you're surrounded by naysayers telling you, you'll never make it. You're going to fail. You're always going to be like this. You're going to go through the same cycle for another 38 years. Nope. I'm going to do what the Lord said to do, and I'm going to start taking some steps, and I'm going to walk. Give him praise. So here's your choice today. Stay on the mat. You can accept things the way they are. I'm, I'm, I'm used to it. It's not a good life, but, but it's my life. My, my health isn't good, but, but I'm, I'm used to it. It's, it's all right. I'm, I'm getting by. Finances are all out of control, but you know what? I'm, I'll be all right. Bad marriage, but, it, but it's mine. We're, we, we live with it. You can live with that. But what if you don't have to live that way? What if you don't have to listen to that lie? What if it's not too late for God to use you? What if it's not too late for God to reach your family and your children? What if it's not too late for God to save your loved ones? What if it's not too late for God to heal your marriage? What if it's not too late for God to give you joy? What if it's not too late for... God, to break your depression, and you walk in victory. You see, as I talk to you this morning, the enemy is in your ear saying, no, not you. You don't qualify. But if you'll listen, you'll hear the Lord speak to you and say, it's not too late. Stand with me. Give him praise.
We all go through discouraging times. We all have times where we're down. We all have times where we struggle. We all go through storms in life. I believe Christians have down days. I've, I've had them, don't you? There's times we're discouraged. There's times we're depressed. There's times that we battle. It happens in every life. But I don't think Christians should have to live on life support where we're just constantly trying, I don't know if I'm going to make it today. There comes a point where we say, I'm going to get up. And God's going to make some changes in my life. And I'm going to be the victorious believer that he has called me to be because I'm a child of the Most High God. Amen? Amen? If you're here this morning, you say, I need some changes in my life. I want you to come. I need some help. I need, I need God to strengthen me. I need God to minister to me. God bless you guys. Thank you. It, it takes some courage. Today we're going to walk. Right? Today we're getting up off the mat. Today, with the help of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to do what he said to do. This is not a self-help statement, not a self-help sermon. I'm not, I'm not trying to pump you up like a football coach. I'm telling you that the Lord Jesus Christ will enable you to walk in victory. And we don't have to believe the lie that it will never get any better for me. It's a brand new day. And Jesus says, rise up, take up, and let's start walking. And let's walk to the victory that he has for us. Thanks for tuning in to the Hammond New Harvest podcast. Hammond New Harvest Church is located at 1421 173rd Street in Hammond, Indiana. For news and events, follow us on facebook.com slash Hammond New Harvest. 